Hey everyone, my name is Tom and you may have seen me around New Life. Um, I volunteer a lot, mostly at the Take 5 and Coffee, so feel free to say hi if you ever see me. And without further ado, let's just get into today's devotional video. So today we're going to be looking at Lot's wife and what we can learn from her um, to better our walk. So with that, um, I recommend reading Genesis 19, 1 through 29. I'm actually going to start halfway through there. Um, but leading into this point, what you need to know is um, we're going to be looking at Lot and his family, primarily his wife. And what's happened up to this point is Lot left with Abraham when God called Abraham out of his old country. And so Lot went along and reaped the benefits of Abraham's blessing until the herdsmen started kind of fighting. And so from there, Abraham and Lot decided it was time to separate. Um, Lot was drawn to the lush valleys and plains um, that happened to have a little town called Sodom. You may have heard of it. And so from there, essentially what he did was he went and established uh, his home in Sodom, where his family began to grow and make memories um, and just live life. Um, so. In Genesis 18, leading into 19, what we find is um, Abraham has a conversation with God. And essentially what's going on is he finds out God is going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for the wickedness that is in there because it's, it's appalling to God. And Abraham realizing, well, Lot's in Sodom, you know, begins to talk to him and says, Hey God, if you find 50 righteous people, would you still save the town? God's like, yes, if 50, right? So he gets them to agree to, if you find any righteous people, and then he starts getting the number to lower each time in 18. Eventually he gets it to 10, where God says, if I find 10 righteous people, I will save the town for those righteous people. And so then we get into 19. And in 19, one through 14, what we have is two angels come in and Lot is at the gate of the city and he spots them. And he bows at their feet and he asks them and pleads them to stay with him because their original plan was to stay in the town square. And throughout the night, they well, throughout that conversation, they decide to stay with Lot. But during the night, the men of the town, both young and old, um, well, we get a depiction of why the city is wicked. Um, and in that, Lot goes out to try and reason with the town, but it gets such a violent clash that essentially the angels have to pull him in, blind the men, um, and then in the morning we get to verse 15 where I'll pick up. At daybreak, the angels urged Lot on, get up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you'll be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he hesitated. Because of the Lord's compassion for him, the men grabbed his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters. They brought him out and left him outside the city. As soon as the angels got them outside, one of them said, Run for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere on the plain. Run to the mountains, or you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, 
No, my lords, please, your servant has indeed found favor with you, and you have shown me great kindness by saving my life, but I can't run to the mountains. The disaster will overtake me, and I will die. Look, this town is close enough for me to flee to. It is a small place. Please let me run to it. It's only a small place, isn't it? So that I can survive? And he said to them, All right. I'll grant your request about this matter too, and will not demolish the town you mentioned. Hurry up, run to it, for I cannot do anything until you get there. Therefore the name of the city is Zoar. The sun had risen over the land when Lot reached Zoar. Then out of the sky the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah, burning sulfur from the Lord. He demolished these cities, the entire plains, all the inhabitants of the cities, and whatever grew on the ground, but Lot's wife looked back and became a pillar of salt. Now as we read this and we focus on Lot's wife, the question becomes, why did she become a pillar of salt? They had reached the town, hadn't they? You see, For me, I think there is a temptation on Lot's wife to look back to Sodom, and rightly so. After all, she built memories there with her family. Her family had become members of Sodom. Yeah, there was wickedness, but they could overlook that. I mean, her daughters were going to were engaged in Sodom. Their son-in-laws, who had laughed at Lot, stayed behind and were destroyed. And I can't help but think how many of us would have looked back too. In fact, in our walk, how many of us do look back? And I hope it doesn't sound like a reach, you see, in Luke 17, 32 through 33, when we go to the New Testament, I think we gain a little more insight into where Lot's wife's heart was. You see, Jesus says the following, Remember Lot's wife. Whoever tries to make his life secure will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. See, I don't think it's coincidence that these two verses follow each other. And in fact, when we look and if we were to put ourselves into Lot's wife's shoes, I think it makes sense. I mean, think about it this way. Say God calls you out of wherever you are right now and tells you not to look back. It would be kind of hard, right? In fact, let me bring it this way. When we're baptized and we're put into the water, we have a new life filled with promises of God before us. But there are moments where our old life, our Sodom, it's very tempting to look back at. It's very tempting to be like, well, yeah, my friends want me to go out 
and I probably shouldn't, you know, I'm still struggling to get over maybe a bad habit. And I know if I go out, I'm gonna be tempted. But they're my friends. I have memories with them. Or maybe it's God's calling me to this new job, but my old job provides safety. I, I don't know if I can do it. You see, the future with God is scary. Even when we know his protection is around us, no matter the situation we're going to go in, isn't it? You see, it's scary because sometimes the next step doesn't light on, light up until we're about to actually step onto it. And that's exactly what happened here. If you look, Lot's wife witnessed God's protection, physically witnessed it. From the angels protecting her husband, to blinding the men, to offering protection and even saying, we can't do anything until you reach this town. And the more amazing part is God's protection was on them when they left Abraham. Because remember, Abraham said he wouldn't destroy the town if he found 10 righteous people. Well, he found Lot, Lot's wife, and Lot's two daughters. He could have just destroyed the town. But no, he grabbed the hands of the four people he found and he rushed them to the outside of the town and then told them how to be safe. Go to the mountains. And even when Lot needed to negotiate it, God was willing. And he said, fine, go to that small town there. Reach it, because I can't do anything until you do. And as she's running, And she reaches the town and she gets there and she's safe. Temptation comes into her head. But what about your old life? What about Sodom? And she looks back. She causes destruction to enter her life. All because she failed to listen to God. I think back to moments and I ask myself, would I have looked back to if I were in the same situation? If I'm being quite honest, I don't know, maybe, probably. But as I was thinking about this, it reminded me of when I ran cross country. See, I'm a pretty big dude. If you've seen me, you know. And when I ran cross country, I was one of the bigger dudes on the team. I had gone from playing football to running and it sucked, <laughs> really sucked going from being an offensive and defensive tackle to running cross country. But I think back on lessons I had learned and one of the lessons I had learned was never look back when you're running. And there's two reasons for this. When you look back, you take your focus off what's in front of you and you can potentially cause yourself to trip. But also when you look back, you mentally fatigue yourself because when you think you're gonna see the distance that you came, what you begin to see is where you started from and how far you actually haven't made it. But what I learned, right, was when I would get really out of breath, when I couldn't keep running, when my muscles were aching, 
and my feet just felt like they couldn't go another mile. When I finally saw the finish line, it was a burst of energy. It was like I could keep running because I knew what the end goal was and I could see it, physically see it. And so what I want to leave us with is this. How do we keep our focus? And I really want to end on what's the finish line for us Christians? So I want to help you keep the finish line in mind. But to begin with that, we need to know what the focus is. And Matthew 6.33 really provides us a good verse to keep our focus straight. But seek first the kingdom of God. His righteousness will be given to you. You see, when we put God's focus first, when we seek the kingdom, we're not focused on the sins of our past. We're focused on what can I do next? Where can I serve? How can I use my gift? Who can I help today? Who can I serve today? Who can I help spread the love of Christ with today? And we're so focused on hitting everything with the kingdom. We don't have time to look back. And it's not easy. I know. Trust me. I, I struggled after baptism. I was that guy who tried to negotiate his old life with his new life, trying to find some middle ground. But the reality is this. There is no middle ground. You're either focused forward and you're running or you're focused on your Sodom and you're causing yourself to trip. And so with that, and with the understanding of how tempting your old life can be, right? Because you think there's freedom there because it's not restrictive. There is an amazing finish line that we need to focus on that helps us to keep everything straightforward. And it's found in Revelation 21, 1 through 9. Yeah. Started in Genesis and we're wrapping up in Revelation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Then hmm. the one seated on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. He's also said, 
right because these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. The one who conquers will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowards, faithless, detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. That's our finish line. Our finish line is eternity with God through Jesus Christ. I know personally how tempting the past may be for you. And I know you may, you may be trying to find that middle ground right now. And you may be tempted like Lot's wife to look back towards Sodom. Please keep your focus. Keep the finish line in mind, because I promise you the reward that is mentioned in Revelation 21, 1 through 9 is so beautiful. And when we understand what is at the end, when we begin running towards that end, the kingdom comes around us. We begin to place God's things first. We begin to run faster and faster and faster. And our focus is so straight and narrow. The things of the past, when they come and try to knock, or they try to yell from behind us to get our attention, we don't care to look back. I know as well, it can be scary to have to take a step forward in blind faith. In a faith where you can't see what's in front of you more than 10 feet, maybe five feet. But I promise you this, as you keep stepping forward and as God keeps illuminating the next steps for you, you will have more joy in those moments than you ever did in your Sodom. You'll have more joy in looking forward than any temptation to look back can bring you. I hope this has helped you somehow. And I thank you for taking the time to listen. Have a good day. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for your word and just the ability to just make this video. Lord, I ask whoever's listening, whoever's watching, that they just get some encouragement from this, that they are able to understand what we can learn from Lot's wife, not to look back at our past, Lord, not to become enveloped in the life that would cause us destruction, but to look towards you and the life you offer us. 
Lord, thank you so much for all that you do. It's in your son's holy and mighty name I pray these things. Amen.